welcome to the Plastic Surgery Practice Podcast on the MedCorp Podcast Network. I'm Carrie Stevens, and I'm the co-chief editor of Plastic Surgery Practice. Today, I'm excited to have Dr. Alex Zerarian back with us to discuss the growing and potentially dangerous trend of medical tourism. It's a topic he recently covered in an article for PSP. Dr. Zerarian is the founder of Zuri Plastic Surgery in Miami, where he specializes in aesthetic procedures of the face and body, including facelift, eyelid surgery, rhinoplasty, breast augmentation and reduction, abdominoplasty, liposuction, and the Brazilian butt lift. Dr. Zerarian, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always always a pleasure. It's always arts too. We love having you on. And I think this topic right now honestly couldn't be more timely because the the news lately um, of people that were killed and abducted in Mexico with a friend getting plastic surgery. Um, can you just kind of discuss your reactions to that story from a plastic surger, plastic surgeon perspective and, and potentially how do people, how do you address the concerns about the p- potential exploitation of patients who are seeking cheaper cosmetic surgery options in foreign countries? like Mexico. Yeah, I think that, you know, practicing here in Miami, uh, I see a lot of this happening in terms of patients seeking to go outside of the United States to have uh, plastic surgery. Um, I'm kind, I've kind of, I'm pretty much like the last stop before they decide to exit the country because here in Miami, the, uh, the pricing is so competitive and the demand is, uh, is very high. So, um, you know, if you're in the United States and you want to have reasonably priced surgery, most of the time you're going to be heading down to Miami uh, in general. But uh, for those seeking even lower prices and, you know, um, that type of environment, they end up going a lot to the Caribbean. So the Dominican Republic is a very hot location. And then uh, Venezuela used to be before the, the government uh, changed. Uh, Colombia is still pretty high up there. Uh, Mexico, um, et cetera. Yeah, so this recent event, <clears throat> it just is very timely. It illustrates how dangerous <clears throat> it could be to travel uh, to some of these destinations, including Mexico, which is right now very violent in some locations. Um, there are warnings from our government, from the State Department, that literally tell you, do not go to certain places in Mexico, Okay. Um, you are not supposed to be there. You're not supposed to travel there for any reason whatsoever. Um, and one of the locations where this, um, this individual went um, with, uh, with some family members, uh, I believe they were traveling from South Carolina via vehicle and they crossed the border and they were intercepted by uh, the drug cartel. Um, and, uh, you know, the rest of the story can be found online, but it's a pretty sad story about what happened. So when people are going abroad for cosmetic surgeries, what are the most common complications associated with them? And, and also, what are some of the most common surgeries that people tend to look abroad for? Yeah, I, I think nowadays they're going abroad for almost anything. I mean, from rhinoplasty in Turkey uh, to mommy makeovers in Dominican Republic, uh, liposuction in Mexico, breast augmentations. I mean, the sky's the limit. And and let me be clear, this is not just a plastic surgery phenomenon. This is a phenomenon that's occurring with gastric bypass patients who want to lose weight and they're getting it done in other countries. These are people that have major dental work, uh, veneers, uh, you know, teeth implants that are going to Colombia uh, to get it done, you know, for half the price with a Colombian dentist. Um, This is a, you know, this spans way, way broader than plastic surgery. The issue with plastic surgery is that, uh, in my opinion, is way more dangerous than getting a a root canal 
or uh, you know a tooth implant. Um, th these are major surgeries. They can have major implications. Complications, you know, that I see a lot are infections. A lot of infections. Uh, I see a lot of necrosis, like wounds that open up. They separate. Um, and, you know, blood clots. We see a lot of blood clots from the traveling. They're traveling too soon after surgery. Long flights. Um, so we see we see it all, and they end up in the emergency room, typically here in Miami. Uh, because Miami's, you know, the hub to get to the rest of the U.S. So a lot of them land in Miami International Airport and then they go straight into one of our local hospitals. And it's a burden to our system, quite honestly. And also, you know, your article, I think, mentioned this really well, but you talk about how the financial costs where people think, you know, I'm going abroad, getting cheaper surgery, but then they end up with all these hidden fees. Can you talk about that, the financial risk associated with undergoing cosmetic surgery abroad? Yeah, I think people fail to recognize how important it is to be able to follow up with your surgeon in person, like uh, actually see them and have them evaluate you physically. I, I can tell you that as a practicing plastic surgeon, it's very hard to diagnose certain conditions or complications from you know a video call or over the phone or through pictures and email i mean it's it's very challenging so the price that you end up paying if you, even if you have a very minor complication uh, let's say the wound just kind of separates a little bit um, you know you're going to be so nervous you're going to be so concerned you've never had this happen to you before um, you're going to end up having to fly back typically to see this surgeon wherever you had surgery and these flights and these hotels and all of these things uh, they add up very quickly, um, you know, as opposed to traveling within the United States. Domestic flights <clears throat> are much cheaper than international flights uh, for the most part. And so, you know, and then that's, you know, that's just for a minor complication. If you get anything more significant than that, um, then you're going to be paying out of pocket here in the United States to have a plastic surgeon who doesn't know anything about your surgery, has no clue what they did to you, um, doesn't have the operative notes from the other surgeon that are probably in another language. Um, and then you got to decipher all of that and figure out how to help somebody. So let's get into the post-operative care that you've talked about with, you know, people come back to you after they've had these botched surgeries. But can you discuss the importance of post-operative care and follow-up appointments, especially for patients who've undergone cosmetic surgery abroad? Yeah, so the post-operative care is a big deal. Um, you know, when you're in the U.S., you have access to your surgeon that, you know, can intervene uh, physically if need be, um, even if it's just a, a short flight away. Um, you know, the post-op care is going to be involving, you know, wound care, drain care, um, you know, uh, you know, all types of, 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 ex of exams to make sure you're not developing a seroma, hematoma, wound infection. Um, you know, when is the right time to pull the drain? Right. Um, you know, how many drains do you have? How extensive was the surgery? I mean, the, these require a lot of uh, handholding by the surgeon. A lot of these surgeons that are abroad, they're, they're, they're busy doing such high volume surgery because their prices are so low that it all ends up, you know, based on their staff, the staff at these facilities, you know, you know, trying to help patients that are coming to them from, from the United States. And again, there's a huge language barrier when it comes to these situations. And, um, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to get even people to pick up the phone in another country in another time zone. Uh, forget about trying to deal with a real serious problem. So again, the, what ends up happening is that the U.S. system, healthcare system gets burdened. People end up in the emergency room all the time, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And, and um, it can be very frustrating for the ER doctors and the, and the U.S. 
uh, plastic surgeons. Do you feel like the medical tourism, especially for plastic surgery, is becoming a worse problem? And I hate to say worse, but because it can have so many complications, I think that might be the proper term. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think uh, now that we're having this change in the economy that we're seeing a lot with you know, inflation, rising interest rates, um, this is when the time that most people end up, you know, even considering leaving and, uh, and seeking surgery elsewhere abroad. And I would caution them, you know, be very careful. Um, there are good surgeons out there, but, um, you know, you have to be very, very careful. And, um, you know, we offer insurance programs here in the United States. You know, there are two major companies that offer you cosmetic surgery insurance, and those are Aesthetisure and Cosmetisure. Uh, I particularly use Aesthetisure in my practice, and I offer it to all of my patients. Uh, it's a very small fee. We're talking about a one-time fee of about $300, and it covers you the first 45 days of any type of complication related to your surgery. Going back to the operating room, going to the ER, getting in an ambulance for whatever reason, um, it's a it's a huge safety net that that you don't have to pay out of pocket for. Do you think that COVID changed the medical tourism industry in plastic surgery? I mean, especially with restrictions. Yeah, I think there are, there are parts of the of this country that uh, got very very um, um, you know they got they got hit very hard. Uh, places like New York, Manhattan, uh, you know, places in California like San Francisco that were total shutdowns total uh you know closing of all elective surgeries um i know i have a lot of colleagues that suffered tremendously financially almost at the brink of bankruptcy and collapse as uh, as as cosmetic surgeons and so um yeah that really changed the landscape uh, places like florida texas that um were you know opened much faster and um allowed surgeons to get back to work on elective surgery uh, quickly allowed surgeons like myself to stay in, to stay afloat and stay in practice. And so I think a lot of patients came to places like Florida and Texas to have surgery. Um, but yeah, a huge percentage went abroad. Uh, they, they left the U.S. because of that. I want to get into the regulations now. So how do the regulations and standards of care for cosmetic surgery vary between different countries? And how can patients ensure they're receiving high-quality care when traveling abroad? Yeah, so... You know, the most rigorous board examination in the world, I would argue, is the American Board of Plastic Surgery. I, I, and the most rigorous medical training in terms of even just based on years of training um, is the United States. I mean, we are, we are for the most part held as the gold standard for medical education across the world. I mean, many countries that don't even speak our language use our textbooks to teach their students and teach their residents. Um, and so, um, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with an, a board-certified plastic surgeon in the United States, I, I really can't, I really don't have a handle on um, how we're able to compare that type of surgeon to a surgeon in another country. I don't know their rules and regulations, uh, honestly, regarding their medical education. I know that many countries in Latin America have a system whereby, um, you know, you go straight to medical school. Uh, you don't, out of high school, you don't go through four years of, of college or university and then an additional four years of medical school and then an additional five or six years of residency. They shorten and they condense all of that time significantly. And so in that regard, again, I, I, I don't think that the level of um, 
of expertise is the same or even the level of experience you can't you, you know you can't say you have the same level of experience um so and then and then the other aspect of it is the regulations regarding facility management cleanliness of the operating rooms i mean we have some very very strict accreditation agencies in the united states regarding osha uh you know regarding you know all types of workplace environment uh stipulations and so i mean i i i personally and i've been in operating rooms in many different parts of the world and i've never felt that they were uh at the level or above of those that i've operated on in the united states and that kind of gets me to my next question can you just discuss the importance of having a qualified plastic surgeon a board certified plastic surgeon and why that's so necessary for patients because i don't think they always know that no i think it's a struggle i think that even though we try to educate every day about it i think that just the word board certification it's like they just check that box and they move on um but they i don't think people really understand how rigorous it is the the examination process i mean we're put through um you know a very very difficult three-day you know, grueling oral examination process where our, all of the cases that we did during the last year are scrutinized by a group of some of the most qualified academic plastic surgeons in the country, and they put you through the ringer. I mean, they put you through the grind, and um, they will fail you uh, either for lack of uh, ethics, uh, for improper billing on your, you know, bill, the way you bill your patients, um, you know, how you document uh, your surgical technique, your complications, how you managed your complications. That's actually one of the biggest parts of the exam is, you know, everybody has complications, but what did you do? How did you fix the problem? How did you follow up with the patient? Um, you know, how responsive were you? How did you document everything? Um, you know, that, that really sets us, you know, apart. Um, from, for I think a lot of other, even a lot of other specialties, I'll argue, um, you know, in terms of how rigorous the, the, uh, the training is and how rigorous the examination is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's a very important message for this industry, I think. So for a last question, how can plastic surgeons rate work to raise awareness about the risks of unregulated cosmetic surgery practices in foreign countries? What can y'all do to, you know, change the narrative? Yeah, it's funny because on social media, it's kind of a double-edged sword. And I've had this experience personally where I'll say, hey, you know, be careful going to X, Y, or Z country. You know, this kind of, we've been seeing infections of these, you know, this type of bacteria coming back into the to the U.S. And then, you know, people, some people will kind of comment on the threads and say, oh, but, you know, why do you have to knock, you know, going to other places? I'm not knocking anything. I'm not trying to say you know, um, that those places may not have good surgeons or that, you know, you may not, you may not have a good outcome. It's just that, you know, there, there's a serious concern that if you do go abroad, that what happens if, if something serious were to happen over there, number one, and if you get back and you have a serious problem, then what are you going to do? And how much are you going to have to come out of pocket for? So I still think that as surgeons, we have to um, do a better job. I think of educating the, our patients and, the, and, and, and our citizens in the U.S. about the, um, the dangers of going abroad. But we also don't want to come across as, you know, being elitist or that, you know, we're the best in the world and everybody else is subpar and all that. Because then we get into this tit for tat with, with a lot of patients that, have, that may have had a good experience abroad. So it's, it's, a, it's a dicey, you know, it's a touchy subject, to be honest with you. No, thank you. Well... This was very informative and just to our listeners, be sure to check out Dr. Zarian's article on the Plastic Surgery Practice website 
Until next time, be sure to subscribe to the MedCorp Podcast Network to be alerted to future episodes and to keep up with the latest plastic surgery news, visit plasticsurgerypractice.com. Until next time, take care. 